Hello everybody, this is Dr. Fred. I am responsible, I am accountable, I am capable of assisting people to find their true voice and then deliver it effectively into the world around us. With 40 years in mental health, 32 of them as a psychiatrist, and then a massive amount of conversations, including podcasting and expert speaking, keynote speaking, I have the opportunity to really see the magic that it takes to find one's authentic self and then deliver it effectively into the world. And if you're like me, you can see that now more than ever, that's what's called for. So today is that day. Now is that time. Come forth. Join me in the broadcast. You'll see on the other side of this at True Voice with Dr. Fred. Come forth, baby. Come forth. <laughs> I've tried you know, coming third. I've tried coming fifth. And fourth just come? seems to be the right number. Totally. Totally. You know hey, what that means? Uh, Sam, let me, me introduce of? you to my, to my uh, guest here. Yes, please do. Yeah. We've shredded a few guests. This man here is kind of bulletproof. I wouldn't go after him in any kind of way. I, I know we've gone after some big players. Yeah, he just kind of looks dead. like pure radiant light, actually, from what I gather thus far. Yeah, that's really, and most of that is really true. And, and I mean, he's kind you know, he's just as ingenuine of all of us, but his veneer runs very, very deep. So uh, he looks like he's got his shit going on. This is Anders Gustafsson. Am I saying your name right? Yeah, but how can a veneer run deep? I guess I'm just going to like, you know. <laughs> yes, Anders Gustafson. Anders Gustafson and Sam Morris. So um, let me, introduce, first of all, let me introduce myself. And then I'm like, going to let you guys meet each other and let everyone meet the two of you again. So I'm Dr. Fred, and this is apparently my podcast. It's called True Voice with Dr. Fred. And uh, the purpose of this uh, podcast is really to... Well, it's hard to say what its real purpose has designed, been designed to do, but eventually what, we, what Sam and I often talk about is just digging deep is what it is to be a human and what it is to bring forth truth and what, it is, what is truth in the first place and why do we even go after it and all sorts of questions that usually take us down some fairly deep rabbit holes. We try to keep it entertaining, try to keep it uh, fun, we try to keep it educational and try to keep it worthwhile. Um, I don't know how many of you listeners we lose each and every time we try this, but it seems like there's at least a handful that are left at the end of the episode. So today I am introducing a good friend of mine who lives not so far away in a place called Land of Heart or Heartland for short. And uh, Anders is up to some super cool shit in the world, like seriously up to some. I'm totally envious of the life that this man has found for himself. And we'll get to learn a little bit more about that. And Maybe even over time, I will be lucky enough to share even more about what Anders is up with him. So uh, up to with him. So uh, without further ado, Anders Gustafson is my guest here in my studio at home. And Anders, this is my uh, good friend and really uh, kind of my partner in crime over the last couple of years, uh, a little bit of a, a twin flame almost. There's some shit that we have run across together that makes our dancing together uh, and our vocalities, our shared experiences extraordinary. Uh, he's one of the smartest and uh, deeply one, one of the deepest thinkers I've ever met. Uh, the Zen warrior is what he goes by. And um, he's got all sorts of stories in and of himself. And he's got all sorts of things I could introduce him as about. But really to say anything about any of the obvious things that Sam Morris is would be um, to denigrate and diminish who he is simply as a man, as a human. 
So uh, with that said, Sam Morris, Andrews Gustafson, and the listenership that's here somehow hanging on to find out what we're up to. And if you are a listener, and this time with Anders and Sam here, you decide that it might be a good idea to finally pipe in and ask us one of those questions or tell us what you think or share with us your own contribution. The phone number to get to us today is 1-888-627-6008. That's 1-888-627-6008. With that said, how the hell are you, Sam? What's happening? Haven't seen I'm you doing for a good, bit. man. I can yeah, see that Anders is, Anders is up to cool enough stuff in your opinion that you're just slightly edging him out with your shoulder. Your posture is like, stay mm. behind me. Stay, just kind of stay behind me here because you're up to cool enough shit that I'm just going to kind of make sure that I'm positioned just in front of you. <laughs> Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Tell the crowd again about who you are, you know, at the crowd. Tell both people who are listening to the program who you are. And, uh, you know, I and wish then, I and- knew, bro. I wish I knew. I know. God, right? if I knew who I was, I wouldn't be here on earth, right? I mean, probably. I think that's the whole process is being here to figure that out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what yeah. is that thing over your left shoulder? And what is that thing over your right shoulder? And why do you hold those things there to represent some sort left, of Okay. So this is the this is the Sri Yantra. This is going to be very boring for anyone who's just listening to the audio of this and not seeing it. There's a Sri Yantra symbol here on my left shoulder. That is uh, an ancient Hindu sacred geometry symbol. And uh, over my right shoulder is my Eastman Thin Line 15 electric guitar, hollow body electric guitar. Uh, Yeah, so I guess those sort of represent my two main interests in life, music and mysticism. And uh, my real interest, I suppose, is bringing greater consciousness to the planet during a very, during a, a time where we seem to be in a, very interesting shift in how we relate to ourselves and each other. And I'm, I'm just part of that club, part of that club. Wait, your audio went away. What happened? Did you unplug your microphone? Don't make me start singing, man. Try again. Okay. I think it's here. Okay, good, good. I was almost going to start singing just to give us a little bit of entertainment here in the, Okay, I think it's here. Yeah. All right. So, um, so thank you for being you. Thank you for being everything about you. Here's uh, here's Anders to tell us a little bit about what he is. Whoa. Ah, that was me on my keyboard. Sorry about that. Anders, tell us a little bit about who you are. I thought that was like a good intro. It was nice. Can you do that again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm Anders, and I'm excited to be here with you today. We've been you know rapping for a long time about how we can collaborate and how we can work together. And uh, I about 15 years, I've I, since I was 18, I'm 41 right now. Since I was 18, I've been in uh, been a startup entrepreneur. And it was about 15 years ago after after multiple tech ventures that uh, my whole entire life in one way crashed. I had um, some type of, uh, of of awakening and realizing that with the things that I was building, was just not actually in alignment with my purpose. And the things I was building was not in alignment with who I am and what I want to bring this world. And the platforms that I was developing, which were tech-related and tech-based, were crumbling because I didn't have the multi-multi-millions of dollars to invest in them. They crumbled before I even got to finish with them. And it got me just in this crazy rat race 
um, which ended me up in a ton of debt and in general, just not actually living the passionate life that I wanted to live. So I had to scratch it all. Uh, I had to scratch I love it those all. crashes. Those are great <laughs> crashes. It was a good crash. Awesome. Uh, I knew that it was. I'm, I'm, I don't know if, if somebody here knows about human design or much about it, but I'm a three, five generator and the three is all about trial and error. And for some reason, just failing just really excites me because I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. That didn't work. So like what worked? How can I, how can I use what worked and how can I rebuild? And, um, and what I really came to after, um, after living a kind of a, uh, a life where I found a cave in essence, I found a cave to really explore my life. And that cave was, a, was on top of a mountain. And at that mountain, I was with plants. And I got to really like understand what was required for plants to thrive. And what is required in environments like the jungle for all of the bugs and all of the why is that why are the bugs so stoked? Why are the monkeys so excited? Why are all the beings in this jungle so extremely excited about life itself and what gives it so much energy and when you sit there in it and really pull all of that in you realize that we as humans have really fucked it up you know from like, your like, tone and voice I, I gather that you're talking about not just any plants but very specific mind-altering plants yes uh, yes and no it's not technically about the plants themselves it was more about the um the realization that when you tend and care for a plant the gift that you get to receive by doing that is in essence um just beauty you know and and, and you realize how good that they how good they do when you tend to plants really really well when you create an atmosphere for these plants to truly thrive everything around them thrives and you mm. actually feel that yourself Mm, so at, yeah. as so as an entrepreneur, I just like realized essentially that we as humans have have really messed up in how we create the way that we live, how we create our relationships in general to each other, and how can we actually learn from the experience of these animals in the jungle, and how can we duplicate that experience as much as possible in our lives so that we can create the atmosphere where we as people can actually be in our highest level of purpose in the same way that the, you know, the animals and the species and all these beings do in the jungle. So, so the problem that I wanted to solve was that, you know, what was that we're not yeah. on purpose as humans. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, well, I hear you speaking to something that I, I uh, a word that I really love, which is gnosis. If you were able to go if into a state of, of gnosis, which is the embodied knowing where there is something that is communicated to you through you, that is an experience that cannot be taken from you, that is not the type of knowledge that one learns in school, not the type of knowledge that one acquires that is being passed on from someone else, but an earth-based knowledge that is through your connection to yourself and your relationship with the earth and that is where there's an embedded wisdom in the experience and you had that experience through your relationship with plants and that sounds like it really shifted a lot for you that's beautiful yeah 
And and where where that like led me and the project I'm involved with right now is um, I involved my mother actually because because create like uh, creating these relations th- these relationships that exist in nature involve multiple different generations of plant species and of mm-hmm. animal species. So I realized that something that we as humans weren't doing as good was actually intergenerational healing wow, wow, wow. and intergenerational. Um, like healing or intergenerational relationships, which feel so broken in general. So it's, it was part of the design to involve my family in this next venture to heal the things that needed to be healed, to showcase that as a model, as an inspiration for other people to heal that same thing. Because the things that I feel are probably coming in the future are going to require a lot of healing first to happen. Yeah. If that level of healing is able to happen within the families themselves, that is going to produce a lot of uh, a lot of strength for um, for all moving forward. So I involved her in this venture, and um, and we purchase land, and um, we start following you know permaculture, and we start really learning about what it's like to steward land. And we start learning about regenerative, uh, regenerative, regenerative, regenerative practices in general. And as an entrepreneur, I've always wanted to create regenerative ventures and ventures that are duplicable. And as I witnessed many different intentional communities fail, I felt that the reasons they failed was because the business models that they developed within their intentional communities weren't actually helping them thrive because most of them failed because of either broken relationships or because of um, a lack of money because they weren't business people. So, um, so I kind of wanted to crack the code. I wanted to crack yeah. the code and how, how to do that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you, you started out in tech and then it, it, it turns, it turns itself back on to you where you were the one in need of a software update and you got that software update. And now that's the, then you're operating from that space of your own software update, your own coding shifting so that you can be more in resonance with the needs of humanity and the needs of earth. And now you can create from that space versus thinking from the outside in. Now you're thinking from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, That's so awesome. True. Beautiful. Awesome. Where'd you find this guy, Fred? Yeah, I know. I, 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 uh, the, let's see. How did we meet? I think it was mostly um, through Shama, uh, Anders' mother. Um, Alexandra and Anders' mother actually um, met a few years ago when they were, I think she was living down in Santa Barbara with, a- with Anders at the time. And um, right. Is that right? Were you there to, were you together or not necessarily not, not together? together? We were in the same city, same city. And so not far from where is Samson, Ohio right now. So um, the uh, and then they got to be friends. I know they went to Burning Man together and they got to be very, very close cosmic friends. And then Shama was actually the um, I guess the maid of honor or was at our wedding two years ago tomorrow. So it was two years ago. Tomorrow is our second anniversary. And Shama was uh, the woman who uh, she, she also you know lives up here, and so she was a big draw for us to move to Grass Valley. And then when we got here, there was an opportunity to go see Heartland, this community that Anders has created, and it it truly is it's an, a spectacular cut of land up to such good stuff. There's like 
you know, vortex everywhere of positive vibration, high vibration energy. Um, the plants just thrive. The people who come there to volunteer or work with Anders and the crew are extraordinary. The food is great. The the lake or the sort of the lake or the water hole that's around there grows into this super summer delight and then shrinks in the winter. And it's, um, you know, we've had some parties there and, you know, it's down a big, long road into the a big, long uh, dirt road into into the abyss pretty much like you have to have a car. I think it's what ruined our Volvo pretty much was going over there on Heartland a few times. So that's why we had to buy a new car this week because of Heartland. So we're actually going to hit him up with half that bill. He doesn't even know that at this point. So keep that to yourself. And, uh, you know, and then our friendship just grew. How, how is it, you know, how can you not love this guy? He's, uh, you know, he, um, he's, uh, he, uh, he's just got a natural charisma and beauty about him. So it's been, really been an honor. I'm also asked myself, I don't know how I hang out with either of you guys. I don't, you know, I, you're both amazing. And, it's and then I get oh yeah I'm going on this uh, vision quest Thursday you know and where I'm headed is into the sequoias and I'm headed there alone and I'm he- you know I have a group of men that are going but we're splitting up and I'll have my little circle and I'll be there for a few days day and night without food and dealing with the animals maybe there won't be monkeys but I'll bet you there'll be some wild animals snakes or turkeys or bears or you know whatever's there and i'm gonna run into what i run into those kind of birds and dragonflies and horseflies and who knows what the hell is going to be there no food though huh you got something for me sam no food there's no food no food no food how long how long no food i'm gonna go two and a half days with no food just water okay all right that's a legit fast oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. I'm a little worried about some about like some big, you know, nasty animal. But the truth is, I think when the when Anders introduces how those animals handle the wild, you know, they're just they're so happy to be alive that they really come with their lessons. They really come with their totems. They come with their truths. They come with their, you know, teachings. So um, I think it's proper to be afraid as a modern human. Because I have been derailed by the community my, uh, standard, you know, status quo, and have learned how to be complacent, and learned how to seek comfort, and learned how to forget how to live off the land, and learned how to stop being a warrior, and learned how to, you know, chill and get fat and stare at these screens, and um, you know, so in a way, I'm hoping to be re- reinvigorated. Now, yesterday, I did something else very cool at Harbin which you know, I was at Harbin for the last three days. And I guess you both know that I love it there. Uh, uh, Anders has been there before. And they uh, opened up the massage unit yesterday or this last few weeks. And so I had um, maintenance acupuncture done. And um, I told the lady I wasn't in any pain at all. I'm in actually great shape. And she did something called Chong, Chong, um, Chong acupuncture, very central very central. And um, what it does is it brings out the um, ancestral wisdom. It brings out capacity to speak to inanimate objects. It brings out um, power. It's like the sea of blood is what uh, what, you know, what it does. It kind of split. It's not chi-based. It's actually blood-based and brings out a whole new sense of uh, vision and capacity to grow into our own grounded creative strength. And uh, I have to say that uh, I... I 
you know, and that it's subtle, right? It's not like all of us, it's not, it's not a kaboom situation, but it's an opening and a grounding. And I feel like it, I did that in preparation for uh, Thursday's trek. Um, and I start seeing that I'm up to some pretty cool shit too, not just the two now, of them. Now, if they did have a chi based version, then they would have to they call it Cheech and Chong. Chong. Yeah, yeah, they would have, they, they would have had to go there. You're right. You're you're right about that. <laughs> so that's why I, I hang out with Sam. He's jump, fucking brilliant. You know I'm, what I'm saying? I'm curious. Um, the vision quests. I love vision quests mm-hmm. so much. I think that they're really really powerful. And so, uh, why are you doing yeah, a vision a quest? Question. You know the time. Uh, the time has come. So I'm. You know I. Uh, I'm. I'm. Because he's hard really of hearing. Just, that's why he's doing a vision quest. What is it? He's hard of hearing. That's why he's I doing can't a hear vision you. quest. One more time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the reason I'm doing a vision quest is my life is is gone through these massive transformations, and and I now have stepped out of you know modern medicine and conventional medicine forever. And I no longer will do anything that a conventional doctor does. Uh, you know, perhaps prescribing only one only one medicine is still hanging on as a possibility for me to prescribe. And um, that medicine is ketamine for those who are interested. I'm curious. I stay very curious about that particular medicine, but no other medicine and no other diagnoses are in my world. The course that I've developed is now up and running and there's betas who are in it, who are loving it. I just got a call today from someone who told me that she just got her life forever by being in this course. It's now on the ground. Uh, Alexandra and I are up to really major things in our outside world, my physical health, my purpose, my uh, you know, so my solvency is likely to go through a lot of changes here. I'm likely to, you know, get out of debt for the first time in a long time in a legitimate basis. And my level of alignment has never been anything like what it is today. So when the opportunity arose to go with Segev into the Sequoias, there was like, I just had to sort of check spirit. You know, it isn't like I wasn't looking for a vision quest, same as the last one I did. It's sort of like vision quest shows up and I get, oh yeah, it's, it's my calling. That's is what's here. It's time for me to settle in and to get rid of old habits, primarily addictions and not necessarily the addictions that get qualified necessarily as addictions. I mean, you know, smoking weed or smoking hookah or uh, doing microdoses or eating food or having sex or, or, you know, the, all those things that can be really access to comfort in an uncomfortable world um, are some of the things I'm really noticing that I spend too much of my time roped in a circular kind of maze that has, um, you know, has resulted in a pretty good life. There's no doubt that I've had, you know, accolades and accomplishments and awards and I've been, you know, but, but there's something more out here and I'm hoping not just hoping I just have that this next weekend I get to fall out of the circle and go into the spiral, if you will, um, and uh, spiral upward and outward. So there's just something like today's the day. I'm not afraid to die. And I'm not, there's just like, otherwise I have to stay on the same road. So fuck that. I'm going out on vision quest. You know, I really admire, I mean, I know I've told you this before, but I admire your, your willingness to keep pushing the envelope. And and I guess that it, there's no other option with you, you know, because you're you're that that guy. You're that guy who has to push the envelope. You cannot live in a way that is at all inauthentic to who you are. 
And so, uh, you know, you're no spring chicken. And uh, a lot of people at your age uh, have uh, sort of become calcified in their experience. And they're like, well, you know, uh, it's a little late for all that, you know, changing how I'm thinking, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I really admire the fact that you keep on showing up for the next thing and you keep on answering the call. Uh, you know, that's, that really says something to who you are, Fred, and it says something to, you know, anyone who's out here listening to this true voice, you know, you're embodying the true voice that you're talking about. Um, the, the, the false voice would be, you know what, well, yeah, that maybe some, some change would be nice, but you know, I'm getting a little old and creaky. I might as well just, uh, hang out on my couch and, and kind of just let it ride it out. Uh, but you're not in that position at all. You're really continuing to expand and stretch and, and uh, you know, chase, chase new, not chase, but answer the call as it comes. So I just want to reflect that. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, as you were speaking, I was, I really do appreciate that. I receive it and honor it and appreciate it. And then I was thinking, you know, it's really because I hang out with people in their, you know, who are in their early 40s. And I, I mean, in some ways, but I guess, it, you know, it's hard. It's not like it's more of a correlation, but between like you two or Demel or Bearheart or Anthony, it's like my, all my friends, um, all, so many of the people I hang out are in their early 40s. So there's like and all of you, I guess, physiologically are. I need to put, I need to start putting the brakes on if I'm going back to my early forties, but yeah, but I appreciate that. Though. Oh yeah. How old it are must you be now, the Sam? It must be the moisturizer. Are you, what are you now? 45? Well, I'm f- about to be 47. So. Okay. Well, I guess yeah. you're right. So yeah, you're getting Cl- up there. Closing in on the other decade here, but uh, <laughs> appreciate it. Well, you know, it's like physiologically, I'm guess I'm old enough to be your father, and it I don't have it that way I think at all. Maybe I you are my that, father. That, that that I have it that there's something in the energy that I. It's not like I reject sixty four year old men. I think they're cool too. But there, I think you're right. There's a complacency or a mm, a crystallization or a uh, um, maybe complacency is the word I really want. Like a stopping, like a halting, like a disinterest in um, growing, a willingness to deteriorate. Well, these are the same 64-year-old men who were not taking acid at the age of 13 like you were. (laughs) (laughs) With that, let's go to a commercial. Thank you. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Fred again. I wanted to explain to you a little bit about one of the names I have called the Undoctor. What is the Undoctor? Well, after about 15 years in the field of me being misaligned with what I was doing, because I was medicating people even knowing that medications were not the right answer, and I was diagnosing people even though I didn't always believe that they had the diagnosis that I said that they had, even though they did meet the criteria, etc. I like seeing humans for exactly who they are and who they're not, and not as a diagnosis. So in 2006, I began the process of becoming the undoctor. I unmedicated, undiagnosed, and then undoctrinated a bunch of people. Like people no longer had to come to a psychiatrist because their conditions cleared. 
This isn't true for everyone. It may not be true for you. But for some folks who know that their diagnosis doesn't fit and who know that they don't want to keep going through with medications and don't want to be seen as someone who's defective or afflicted, this turned out to be a great intervention. Over time, I stopped doing that, and I no longer do a whole lot of conventional psychiatry. Now I just help people walk through their life and find their true voice. I connect with people straight up, not as if there's a power gradient between a doctor and a patient, but it's two humans connecting and resonating with each other. As it turns out, that's where all healing emanates from. So today, I've developed the Welcome to Humanity brand over the last six or seven years, and that really takes into consideration all of this. It is self-explanatory. Basically, each and every experience that we have with humanity is just as exquisite as another, even if it's deeply uncomfortable. From there, we get to actually share these human experiences. From there, we get to resonate and connect, and from there, healing takes place. I also have been helping people with their true voice, and that's why you're here today at True Voice with Dr. Fred. I help people find that true voice, really their authentic self, their core value system, and then deliver it effectively into a world that is eagerly awaiting to hear you. Without your voice, no one will ever hear you. And without your true voice, no one will ever know you. But with your true voice, you can find healing, peace, and love. True voice is what it takes to end all wars. So welcome to True Voice with Dr. Fred. Welcome back. Right. Welcome back to the True Voice with Dr. Fred podcast. I have as a guest today, Anders Gustafson, and my frequent co-host, Sam Morris, is here. And so far, Sam has learned a lot about both me and Anders. And uh, the time comes now to come forth, Mr. Morris. It's time yes, for you. It, it come forth. Yes. Come you know, forth, now with that, with that segue music, I'm a little more inspired. So it's a little more motivational and inspiring. The first music that you have at the beginning it, that's the music that I want Dr. Kevorkian playing for me <laughs> when I'm being shot up with whatever the hell is going to put me out. It's like, it's not inspiring at all. I, and it, something needs to be done tech, about that. Out. That's, yeah, uh, tech, that's the Kevorkian theme. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for that. Sam has no problem criticizing um, either the way I dress or the music I like or the women I hang out with or anything. That's just what he does. So, But in the meantime... Sam, it's time for you to let Anders know a little bit about what crashing really feels like. And so, um, and I'm not sure if it's been a few weeks or even months, or even if our listeners have ever heard a little bit about the story that does highlight, um, almost unfortunately, that does, does hi- what's unfortunate about it is it isn't necessarily the highlight of your life, but we all love hearing it. You know what I'm talking about, and I'd love for you to speak to your crash and what happened to you to change around your life. Can you give us a little taste of that, please? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, uh, I've been blessed with two lives in the course of one, really. Um, there was, there was definitely the life up until the age of 24. And then there was the life beyond the age of 24. So, uh, in the summer of 1999, when I was 23, I led a cycling trek across the United States for nine teenagers we camped every night. We cooked all our own food. We we biked 3,800 miles in a little less than two months. 
accomplished that feat. It was the biggest accomplishment of my lifetime. I thought, man, I'll probably never go through anything as challenging as that for the rest of my life. Now, two and a half months later, I was riding in the backseat of a car driven by a driver who'd been drinking. He lost control of the car, fishtailed off the road, hit a giant tree. I was right where the impact happened. I broke my T12 vertebra and became paralyzed from the waist down, uh, complete paralysis, no sensation, no motor function. So I have been in a wheelchair since 1999. Um, I've spent two years of my life bedridden in hospitals, completely immobilized with pressure ulcers and surgeries and broken legs and infections and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's really been two lives in one and, and, um, coming up, uh, let's see next year, it'll be next year that it will be exactly half of my life, able-bodied and half of my life, uh, half able-bodied. So that's, I guess that's, that's been an, it's been quite a ride Been quite a ride. And I've really, what's going on? My dog is making some interesting motions underneath my desk. Um, so it's been, uh, an interesting healing journey. Because, um, you know, I've gotten to experience real, like real deep trauma and how, and neuroplasticity and what it can be like to go through intense trauma and heal from it. And, um, you know, now I'm mainly, I think I tend to, to help people with their own metaphorical paralysis to get past their own stuckness in life in whatever way I can. So, and I'm also a musician too. That's my, my, uh, main, one of my main passions and still an athlete skier, mono skier, sit skiing, mono skiing, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's probably what you're talking about. Okay, Sam. So I appreciate you giving accolades to both Anders and me. We're both blown away by you as everyone is. And we, you know, as tough of a life as Anders has had, turning it around from, you know, bankrupt entrepreneur to, or my life, you know, doing something misaligned with my spirit and, you know, he, he, my whole healing journey, becoming a healer. There's something about your journey that uh, is in an entirely new realm. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't, we, it isn't like all three of us share. Yes, we do to some degree, but there is something, you know, even though I sometimes like to have it be that you and I are on some sort of even ground, each time you speak it, there's something so magical about who you have now become or who you were beforehand or what happened on that fateful day in 1999 or what, who you now are for men, who you now are for people, who you now are for spirit, who you now are for humanity, who you now are for for you know who you now are as a zen as a zen master as a warrior as a brilliant you know well-read genius uh and uh you know and as a psychonaut on top of that you know or maybe because of that or along with that there's something about um just honoring you you know and maybe i don't maybe now that i've known you a bit i don't get to do that publicly as well but there's something about my God, who am I talking to? And who is on the other, who is like, can I come on your podcast? Who is my friend? Who is my best friend here? And I just get uh, just such a great sense of humility. And mm, uh, I think humbleness is a different word than humility. So the humbleness or a 
uh, just a sit down and shut up kind of um, deep gratitude to know you as a human being. I also know that you've been on the speaking circuit some recently and been making actual outright impact with young people and other people with physical um, limitations. Can you speak a little bit to what those experiences have been in the last few months? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And thank you, by the way. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I've been on the uh, an ambassador for an organization called No Barriers USA uh, for the past five or six years. And No Barriers was founded by some pretty epic uh, disabled folks, uh, including the first Eric Weinmayer, the first blind man to summit Mount Everest, as well as all of the other highest peaks on every continent. And uh, and some of his friends, uh, they put together this incredible organization to help people with disabilities, to support them in living a life that is free of barriers and, uh, you know, taking on epic adventures, whatever, whether those adventures are physical adventures like climbing a mountain or whether they are whatever it is, whatever is your dream, living that dream with, you know, despite the, the condition, whatever the condition might be. And so I have, uh, I've led breathwork sessions and meditation sessions. Uh, oh yeah. You've got a, uh, you've got a little video here. Look at that. Sharing a nice. Um, yeah. So I've led breathwork sessions and, and meditation sessions. And uh, this year I also did a, just a, actually just, what was it last week? week and a half ago, something like that. I was out in Estes Park, uh, Colorado, where we did the No Barrier Summit. And uh, I did a breathwork session, which was incredibly powerful. Uh, and I also did a um, a workshop that I was calling Soul Performance, which was really, you know, it applies to everyone. It's, it doesn't just apply to folks with disabilities. It applies to everyone. And that was all about how I feel like the metrics for what we consider performance really need to be updated. We look at the notion of performance through the lens of productivity, accomplishment, and efficiency, essentially. And those are great metrics, but they totally don't take into account the soul of the individual. And so if you're discounting the soul of the individual and you're looking purely at metrics like efficiency, productivity, and accomplishments, then you are basically the, that's something that robots can do. You know, anything that is that is that it, it's it's cold. It's it doesn't have any soul to it. So I think the world, in my opinion, what could be really good for everyone is if we start to tap into the unique qualities of each of us as individuals. And really lean into the gifts and talents that we've all been gifted with. And I think that that appreciation and acknowledgement that comes with that, with people really finding their value, is the greatest indicator of a better world that is better for everyone. It's not going to happen through legislation. It's not going to happen through, you know, any sort of outside in type of uh of of policy or or shift it's going to happen entirely 
because we start to appreciate the unique value of each one of us as individuals. And once we appreciate our value, then we look around and we see other people's value. And we look around and we see the value of the ecosystem, the value of the animals, the value of the plants. Everything comes from that, first and foremost, from that acknowledgement of our own inner value. There you go. <clears throat> That's a really poorly formatted website. Man, I really need to update yeah, that. Time to, time, oh, here we go. It's a little better. <laughs> yeah, it's time for you to rock this thing. I can't believe anyone even goes to this website anymore. Oh, man. Thanks for putting that right in my face. No, it's great that you're here. It's great that you are who you are. It doesn't diminish you in any way. You're, you know, be real about it. No, thank you. I appreciate it. <clears throat> so, Anders, what do you got for Sam? Well, I mean, we were talking before a little bit about uh, vision quests. And I think I could, I could just imagine, I mean, the, 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 the lifelong vision quest, you know, that, that you've been on like since the day that that happened and then it must have just taken taken quite a bit of time quite a long vision quest for you to find purpose you know again uh, in, in a way and and it's uh it's amazing and it's awesome and it's so inspiring because some people probably the majority of people that have such similar traumatic events don't find purpose to that degree and mm. I think that those that do, you know, they find it to a degree that maybe they wouldn't have found if it wasn't for that event that actually like took place. So like, like, can you speak to that a little bit? Is that true for you? Yeah, or like- absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's well said. Very well said. Very insightful. Um, and I spoke to this a bit during my soul performance workshop that there is, there has been a, uh, we really it's right before this the workshop i heard this little kid say to his dad his dad he says you know dad we can't change history we can't rewrite history and i thought well that's fascinating that i just heard that come through right before i started this perform this uh, soul performance workshop because my feeling is actually yes we can rewrite history in terms of how we look at it. Like when my accident first happened, it was tragic because that was the level of consciousness that I was at at the time was, oh my God, I can't imagine having to go through the rest of my life paralyzed from the waist down. I mean, I'm an outdoor leader. My whole life is about this. And you know, losing all function from my belly button down was horrifying on so many levels, relationship levels, work levels, hobbies, recreation, everything, every level of my life was affected by that. And so it was tragic when it happened. And then as the tragic aspect of it, as the trauma started to get worked through, then it just kind of became futile for a while. And it was for many years sort of remained at this sort of futile, neither here nor there kind of perspective. And now as I look back, it's really part of a beautiful story because it gave me opportunities and insight and wisdom that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And so the 
the, the puzzle pieces are have formed into an entirely different type of picture than they previously were. So in a sense, right now, I'm rewriting history by seeing those things through a totally different lens. But then there's still, that's still, st- still a step, actually, because to the degree to which there is any sort of emphasis on the past, there's still this kind of interplay between victim and hero kind of thing. And there's that dichotomy between those two things. Like, oh, I was a victim, then I became a hero, da 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 Now, that's not the end of the story. The, the story, that just gets you to a certain step. Then from there, it's, you know what, there is no story. There's only this moment. And from this moment, there's infinite possibilities in terms of where we go from here. And so that is the place that I'm going right now and continuing to work with all the time or play with or dance with or however you want to see it to let go of the story completely and see that there's always only this now moment and all of that history is just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So Valentino just showed up as you would expect. Um, he, uh, he is my cat and he knows when the vibration in a room is extraordinary. I told you he gets stuff that no other animal I've ever been with gets. So he's here in full support of this amazing conversation. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Awesome, Valentino. Welcome in. Welcome. And um, yeah, come on over. Come on over. You're you're the man. Um, I imagine that Valentino's lived a life of transformation as well. So I'm I'm hearing something. I see if I can do this without. See if I can do this with proper respect to all three of us, and then really spread it out to spread it out to uh, the community and maybe humanity as a whole. So the one thing I'm really just touched by is that Andrew's story is, is plenty amazing. Like over the top, amazing. Yeah. Freaking incredible. Absolutely. You know, he is who he is and realizes he's not who he was and then goes through a hit and then becomes who he is and gets, more in touch with his authentic, genuine, true self and is making a difference in humanity by being aligned with the nature of animals and plants that he was introduced to serendipitously as he walked through the eye of the needle of the shift from who he was to who he now gets to be. All right. Great. Story ends there. I mean, we got a rock star. Got a sheer rock star in that story. Absolutely. And then... You know, I get to share my story and you get to say, okay, yeah, Fred, that's pretty cool. You know, it's cool that I get to push the envelope or I'm off on this vision quest or I get to give up on medicine or really find out how to be a healer, or help people find their true voice or source people to their own authenticity rather than the nonsense duplicity that have been running my world inside of, you know, sort of the soul sacrificing heartache of my day to day living, living a life that was misaligned with who I was. As I now walk into who I get to be uh, much more aligned in my presentation and my speaking and my creation of the, of the course. And then here I go off into the sequoias to hang out and, you know, capture what's ever coming here. A pretty remarkable story, if I dare say so myself. Okay, so that's me. 
Uh, and of course, there's Valentino over there talking his shit. Don't forget about me. And then there's you who just like, you know, takes me and Anders and makes us look like, you know, kindergarten kids by just driving a story that is a nearly impossible to metabolize. Like no one can really get it, you know, and just seeing you and being with you and seeing that, wow, it's not even a story. Like you are really, that's who you are today that right here, right now, bringing forth the idea that all possibilities exist from landing in this very moment, living right here, right now with no story and being able to make a life out of right here, right now without any, you know, old old uh, past-based concerns or complaints driving you. Like you have a possibility of representing that, bringing that to children who already know that you can't change history, but you can. And, you know, you get to be that for so many um, who get to meet you, who uh, can be inspired instantly, like without without needing any cues, just be instantly inspired by hearing your story and then meeting you at the same, you know, in the same breath. But, you know, the fact that the three of us have these hot stories is one thing, but everyone does. Everyone has their freaking story. Everyone is caught up in the web of their own nonsense, including all of us still, by the way. We think we escape. We talk like, yeah, now we're on their side. It's cool. Not quite. We're living some bullshit, too. We live in some bullshit every other minute. And there's something like this is available for everybody. You don't have to crash your car uh, 24 years old and, you know, become paralyzed from the belly button down to be paralyzed. One of the things we have is that Sam, you know, in his metaphor of paralyzed is likely the least paralyzed person that I've ever met. Mm. And you don't have to be an entrepreneur deep in debt misaligned with what matters to you um and have the guts and the wherewithal and the family support to turn into a permaculture genius delivering life to the planet that isn't the only way to make a inspirational transformational foundational shift you don't have to go through that level yeah. And whatever you could say about me, I don't want to necessarily put me in those two categories, but I know I belong in somewhere in that same conversation. You don't have to be all those things. You could just be normal Joe and start right this very second and start living a life that is much more true, much more genuine, much more authentic. You do not have to be a prisoner to the habits that brought you to this very second. And yeah. I get that the three of us can represent that in this conversation, perhaps with such glorified stories. but. Dude, 7.8 billion of us have a story that looks like this. It doesn't have to be so extreme and story. It it does not have to be so extreme. It does not have to include intense trauma. In fact, it's better if it doesn't, in my opinion. Like, like, (laughs) it's just like, yeah, I don't recommend trauma to anyone. (laughs) If it happens, it happens, but I don't recommend it. Yeah, it's you're absolutely right. It's, you know, the more one can maintain their health, I think, you know, there's a there's an interesting combination. You know, if we look at the the ingredients that this takes, it requires presence and it requires uh obviously inner strength and will and it also requires humility as well. 
And um, I think that's something that each one of us has had an experience with all of those facets combining together to create what we are now creating, to, to be embodying the wisdom and knowledge that we are embodying. It has required presence, will, and humility. And, and we've all had, the three of us have all had our, our, our intense challenges that have helped with catalyzing that and maybe bringing that into higher resolution in, in our own lives. But, you know, one can have presence, one can have will, and one can have humility without having their life fall apart in order to get there. And, and, and I do recommend it if it's at all possible to try to cultivate those, uh, those, uh, character traits, in the absence of trauma, if you can avoid trauma, because it's no fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious, based on uh, riffing a little bit upon what you said, you do a lot of speaking. And so, uh, so these concepts come up for you a lot. And I'm, I'm curious, what, um, you know, what advice you have to people on their own path of whatever level trauma that is addiction or, or trauma or anything. And like, how, how do people come into alignment from the perspective, you know, of what you've been through? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I think that people need to recognize is that we are not who we think that we are. And when I say that I'm putting the emphasis on think that we actually that the thinking mind that we we believe ourselves to be the object of the thoughts the focus of the thoughts of our mind but that isn't actually who we are that is that is the 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 story of ourselves that is the personal mind and in order to break any kind of trauma pattern or addiction pattern we first have to learn how to separate our awareness from that activity of the personal mind so that we don't see ourselves purely through thought, but we see thoughts happening as phenomena. That is the key to breaking the addiction to believing that you are the object that your thoughts are focusing on. Mm. And so there's, you know, we only have a few minutes left. We have a whole other podcast that we can dive into here on this topic, but that's really you know, that's the big piece is breaking that connection and going, oh, if it's like looking into the mirror, when I'm looking into the mirror, I'm not seeing me, I'm seeing a reflection of my physical body that the mirror provides. So, you know, if I need some moisturizer, I need to trim my beard or brush my teeth, shave or whatever, I can see the reflection of my physical form, but I don't mistake the image in the mirror for myself. And in the same way, I don't mistake the image of my thoughts from myself Mm -hmm. either. That's sweet, Sam. You know, Sam, I'm going to see if I can get you to remember what you said when I told you I was going on a vision quest. Do you remember you had this sort of overarching comment of, well, we're all on vision quests anyways, and, you know, something like that. You might as well be in this sequoia. Do you remember saying something like that? The other day, did I say it over the course of this last hour with each other? No, 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 no. Just a few days ago, when I told you I was going to Sequoias, and you had mentioned we're all on vision quests, anyways. So you might Mm. as well just take your vision quest into the Sequoias because each and every day we're on a vision quest. So might as well do it in a pretty place like the Sequoias. Sounds like whatever it was, you got the gist of it. 
It's something like that. And I think that's really the message for our audience today. The message, I thank you for being here, Anders. It's been lovely and just amazing to introduce you to our listeners and to Sam. Sam, as Come always, back, Anders, because I want to hear more about what you're up to. We we ended up get, kind of going off on the Sam tangent for a while, but I'd love to hear more about you and what you're up to. It sounds fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to be back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I brought two rock stars on and I couldn't uh, couldn't really juggle the time enough. And then I stole some of the thunder myself. So at the same time, I truly hope you found this as entertaining, as beautiful, as educational, and frankly, as life level inspirational as it might be. Um, wherever you are, it's fine. Welcome to humanity. It's time to bring your true voice forward because frankly, without your true voice, no one will ever know you. And the time has never been more urgent for people to know you. And as speaking for Anders, speaking for Sam, I just want to thank you for being here up until this time. We will catch you on the flip side. Welcome and thanks for joining us at True Voice with Dr. Fred. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Anders. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Great to meet you, Anders. Thank you, Fred. Thanks, Tech. Off we go. Hello, everybody, and I just wanted to thank you for getting through another episode of True Voice with Dr. Fred. Wasn't that great? It is so much fun to interact with people and then interact with my listenership about really finding True Voice and then bringing it forward. I really have never done anything more important than this, and I'm finally aligned with myself by helping others find their True Voice. Let's find your alignment. What do you really want in your life? 